Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's been a little while since we've put anything out, but um, I'm pleased to say that uh, I've got an episode here with Oshin Fagan. Um, so Oshin was a boxer that I wanted to contact because um, his story is very unique, um, very different to any boxer that I suppose I've spoken to before, um, because Oshin actually didn't box at all until he was 30 years of age, um, so no amateur background. Um, as you'll hear in the podcast, uh, his first love um, in sporting ways was uh, football and he actually went on a scholarship to uh, America to play football over there um, and it just so happened that he got into boxing because he sort of fell in hard times and uh, needed a bit of money um, and uh, we're going to find out a little bit about that. Um, yeah, uh, he, he went on to fight some really quality fighters. Um, I think three world champions he fought uh, during his career and had some good wins and won an Irish title and uh, a state title in America as well uh, and fought on some massive cards. So it was great to talk to him and to find out about his journey and now what he's doing as well, um, which is uh, great to hear also. So yeah, I hope you enjoy this one, folks, and I'm glad to be back with another podcast. So here you go. So the reason I want to speak to you uh, specifically, Austin, is because your story is obviously so different to all the other boxers I've spoken to because usually when I start the podcast, I'll always say, so talk to me about your amateur career and we'll go through all that. <laughs> Yours is a bit different. I got you. I know. Yeah, it is just different. Very, very, your, very much different. Just yeah. tell us a bit about where you grew up and sort of your first love, um, which wasn't actually boxing. What sport was that? So originally I'm from Tyler in uh, in Dublin and we, uh, and I was, uh, I, was, I was a good footballer when I was a kid. Uh, we used to play uh, soccer and Gaelic and Hurling and um, we always had good teams out, out in Kilimana in, in Tyler where, where I was from. And uh, so I, I was very sporty as a as a child. Anyway, um, I ended up uh, we ended up moving out to the out to the north side then and uh, to a, p- a place called Port Marnock, which is uh, which is well known. It used to do the Carol's Irish Open out that way and all right. And uh, well, like I couldn't play golf for the for the life of me anyway. So that that was all lost on me. Um, but uh, now I've continued playing football. I play for for a host of teams. Um. Uh, uh, when I was when I was younger, I played with um some some good teams in 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 uh in Port Marnock, and then I moved over to Edenmore in um to uh play with Saint Malachy, so we were always a, a great a great little side, and um and play with Glebe North in in uh in Badbrigan too, and uh I just always in my in, in my own head, I I wanted I wanted to be a professional footballer. That was my thing, you know, and um. I yeah, uh, I was I was, Le- Leeds United were in touch at one stage. Um, I'm a, I'm a big Leeds United fan, actually, massive Leeds United fan. <laughs> oh, God bless you. <laughs> yeah, I know from the sins, it's been tough, but for your yeah. sins, yeah. Oh yeah, but a fella called um Jeff Slate was the head uh head uh scout at the time, and he got in touch with me and he or what the. Our conversation kind of went like he he was saying yeah we've been watching you but you're 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 quite old now for for making any kind of steps into the Premiership like, I think it was probably about seventeen or eighteen at the time and uh, and sure everybody who's who's anybody goes over when they're fourteen and fifteen like yeah. just so that they can get they can get but I I was I wouldn't mind but like compared to what I ended up ended ended out like uh, with my little aggr- aggressive streak I was a quite a timid footballer at the start and right. then only later on when people started saying oh you're a little bit too small for what we'd like here at Ellen Road and uh, I think they were more so saying that I wasn't I wasn't tough enough or I wasn't yeah. rough enough 
because I used to use used to let me flare. I was a good little. I was very good dribbler. I was in and out of people like you know little messy. I was. I played on the wing or up front, um, at that stage, and then I ended up playing in midfield when I went to when I went to college. But so I went. Oh yeah, I kind of uh, got a got a pa- got a pain that that people were saying that it was too small. Uh, but it was probably because I was a, a, a little bit a little bit shy of getting stuck in. And then I just just all of a sudden I took a, I I I uh, just said to myself, oh, if if this is what people think I'll, I'll, I'll show them, you know. Yeah. And I end up uh, playing in it in Talca Park uh, for Port Marnock against the uh, Cherry Orchard in a junior cup final. And um that it was the the top top of junior junior football before you go to to professional maybe in Ireland was so we were a really good side, uh, Port Marnock were at the time and uh, I had a particularly good game, uh, and a uh, couple of scouts from America got in touch and uh, they said that they'd be they'd be interested in taking me over on a, on a football scholarship so I went to Chicago originally. Uh, did well in the game, scored a few goals in the in the practice game. And I said, "Oh, this is I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is easy." And yeah. I went into the to the office later on, and I said, "Oh, we we liked the way you did this, and they had it all. It was real so professional the way they they had it done. You had uh, six tackles, and you scored three goals, and you did all the stats." And going, well, yeah, all the stats." I was here going, "Whoa, that's this is mad, you know." And I says, "Right, so do we have? Do we get me scholarship or what? You know?" And he says, "Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we definitely have you on the books." He says, "But the, for the first year, our our policy in school in college is that we don't offer full scholarships for the first year." I says, "Well, then, uh, how much would I have to pay? About five grand." I was going, "What?" I was going, no. "Well, he says that's that's me gone already, you know." And so that was the end of that for for a couple of years. So I went to work in um Dunn stores. In uh in Port Marnock as well, and uh I was kind of thinking there has to be a better way than this. Yeah. And I was still playing playing quite well in in for Port Marnock. We were getting into a few junior cup finals, and I had another one then that I played played well in that too. And uh and the got the guy who who uh the the manager of the first team in Chicago said he'd leave my stats on the on the internet. Uh, I think they have a little group between all the all the managers in in America. And so somebody else got in touch, a fellow called Jimmy Hampton from uh University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma. And he uh he said, Oh, I'll take you over on a on a full scholarship. I said, Bingo, you know. Because uh I was a bit of a messer in school and I'd been thrown out of of uh of of high school uh when I was uh before I just did the leave insert. I ended up doing the doing a poor leave insert and um, but uh got it just by the skin of my teeth. And uh, so it was enough to to get gain me entrance into American colleges, but it was just re- really, 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 really tight. Yeah. And uh, then I just says, right, I have to knuckle down here. So I end up studying, and uh, I uh, got my degrees in. Um, I got political journalism was one of my minors, or and then and then I had um I had physical education as my with a teaching certificate uh, as my uh, as my major, which which was my bachelor science. So, so I was happy know. enough in the it's end, you know. I mean, yeah. it's funny we've talked about. There's not one mention of boxing yet, so it's all football and obviously nothing, it's going to college. All the way up there, you know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. so I'm curious. I mean, did you ever like? Did you ever even go into an amateur gym as a kid? You know, for a few sessions, or was there something about boxing that you know? Obviously, as we'll get to later. I used to, I used to watch boxing. I used to watch Tyson back in the day. I used to watch. Remember when the when all the all the uh the lads like uh 
Prince Nassim and and they'd be a big deal on ITV, I think it was at the time. Uh, and I remember I was always excited for these big fights, you know, like the 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 banks and the uh, the, the Eubank and Ben and yeah, and uh, yeah and Hamed and and then of course uh, Steve Collins beating them yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, of course, so, um, that's right. So I was really, I was really uh, like I was I was a proud man or like re- I was really um excited for for the fights. Now I went down to when I was about twenty two. Yeah, I was about twenty two went down to a boxing gym just to keep fit for football. So I'd go maybe for uh maybe once 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 a week because I used to train like like four or five times a week on uh uh for the football and then uh I'd go down a couple of couple of times a, a week for uh for the boxing but it was only for six six about six weeks at a time over the next two or three years because they they knew I was quite a popular footballer and if they got me into the boxing ring, they'd be able to make a few quid for the for the boxing club. So lads would come up and watch me watch me fight. And uh, so I had three exhibitions okay. uh, when I was about 20, 22, 23, 24. And then uh, but then like but after six weeks of training with the with the boxing, they'd be straight back into the football, you know? Yeah. So ended up uh, going over to going over to America, um to Oklahoma. And uh, ended up uh, uh, playing football out out of there and had had a great great time over there. I have to How say. How did you enjoy university? Because you obviously you watch American universities and TV and yeah. stuff, and the facilities look great on the ones you see, and you know fraternities and varsities and all this. What was it like over there? It was great. Really enjoyed myself. Like there was um, like loads of loads of funny stuff that happened as well. But yeah, I at at the at the start I, I was uh. Quite um uh, I was kind of like a, a deer in headlights because it was kind of like what you see on the TV with all these all these uh all these young people running around doing mad stuff you know it was <laughs> it was funny we enjoyed it now it was it was great great fun but um got myself into a fair few scrapes as well I have to say um uh I remember the first first night we had a party <laughs> first night we had a party we were in um. We were in uh one of the guys' houses that we had a, a rare a rare day off. We were training training three times a day. This is at the very start of our of our, our college uh football side. And uh, we were training three times a day and we did a a, a three mile run in the morning. Uh, then we uh had a had a bit of a break in breakfast and then we got did our main session then about two to two to four, where it was drills and skills, and then uh, we'd go for a swim then at night. So it was a it was a packed packed day. Obviously, the the manager wanted to get us get us really fit for the start of the season, you know. Yeah. And he, he brought brought me. I was the captain at the time, and uh, like he gave me the captaincy role, and he brought us all in. He brought me and the vice captain in, and says, "Okay, I'm gonna give you tomorrow tomorrow." Uh, uh, tomorrow up until the swim off and like everybody was going really because right he was yeah like it was happy days like he says go down to Tyler's house Tyler has a big it was a farm basically so uh they got got a few kegs of beer and they brought them brought them down uh we brought we invited everybody you know and they just before I, I went down the room he says but don't invite the baseball players it's kind of what's that what's that about you know yeah, like it says, what's what's all all this about the baseball players? Oh no, man, baseball don't get get along with soccer players. 
was going right. I said, I invited everybody, right? I didn't give a shit. <laughs> I invited everybody, right? So uh, anyway, it was set at the at the night. So we had a, a few kegs of beer around and we, and the, these plastic cups, okay? And that was kind of the way it, it went. And then the, lo and behold, the, the, uh, the baseball players came and they looked a little bit standoffish or whatever, you know? And then we were... I, I filled up a couple of mugs for them. That was grand, you know. And then I saw this this real little, oh, uh, he was a little scutty. Was he came running over and and, and pushing some of the, some of our lads. So the fellas on my team were all from all, all nationalities. Like so, we had Kenyans, we had South Africans, we had um Irish, Irish, English, Italian. We had about thirteen or fourteen different nationalities on the team. So it was it was a great mix, right? And um, he said uh. So this little fella just kept on coming, running off to people and just pushing them, saying, "Hey man, I'm baseball." <laughs> oh my god! Hey man, I'm baseball. I was looking at me. One of my pals was English fella. He says, "Your man just after shit, uh, pushing pushing Mauricio over there." He says he's baseball, and uh, we're just looking at, at him, and we're going. He's going from place to place to place to place, and going, "Hey man, I'm baseball. What you gonna do?" Like, he says, "Oh shit!" I said, "Oh shit, Viz." I said, "Hold that." He's coming over to me next. He says, "Oh," he says. Oh, you're baseball. I'm boxing. Boom. Oh, <laughs> he's back on the thing, right? So, so he gets, goes over the table and then uh, uh, everybody starts dragging people away and all that kind of stuff. But the, the mad thing about it was that, right, so I didn't really think any anything of it. They all left and that was fine. Um, And then uh, a few days later, one of, the, one of the baseball guys came over to me and said, hey, man, he says, Vegan, that, that guy, that shoemaker guy, he's, uh, he's after you. He's going, well, he not, well, I don't have a car, so he knows where to find me. He says, No, you don't understand. A few, few nights or a few nights ago, the, the night after the party, he found out that his his uh, his girlfriend was, was cheating on him. And he went down and he shot the fella in the, in the chest, shot him through the arm and went through it through the chest, right? Really? Oh, right. So, so you've you've hit the wrong person there. So so now this made a difference to me, right? So every he used to scoot around on this real flashy, flashy bike. And uh, a motorbike, like, and so anytime I'd hear a, a motorbike coming in behind, here going, You're what's terrifying. going on? But, but apparently, what happened was uh, that uh, his mother was some sort of court, court clerk in uh, in this in this in our our locality, and she knew that he was he was wanted, and and she shipped him out to, uh, she she, her advice was to go some to to get out of here, or else he he was gonna get done, you know. So I never heard anything from him then straight after that. But yeah, for for a little while I was I was wondering. I I was always looking over my shoulder. So that was. I, a, I know it's one. It's one thing if someone said, "Oh, here he's very handy with fists," but if you're shooting people, Jesus, that's you know. And you hear stories about exactly. America. I'm sure you are. Yeah. Well, this is it. You know, it's it's it's, it's mad. Yeah. So, but anyway, but yeah, all the way through college, there was a, there was a couple of funny stories. Like I have to say, but I ended up. Uh, get me degrees and but after I got me degrees then oh yeah fell on some hard times you know yeah. and uh oh yeah ended up living in the back of a car for a little while now it wouldn't be uh, one one night after the other after the other I'd I'd go and find a friend who was uh who was a pal of mine they'd put me up for a bit and then I'd go to another friend's the night after and then the tour night, I might stay in the car, and then so this, I was kind of just doing the round. Degree? I mean, had did you yeah. walk into a job after your degree, or was it hard to find? No, work? see, this is this this was it. Like the the whole thing was that I was on my visa, 
and they were it was a college visa. I had this w- extra one year. Uh, it was called op- optical, uh, p- uh, optional practical training, which means you could have got your got your uh, got a job in the subjects that you that you studied. Yeah, and that that would have gone towards your your college. So you so uh, I would have been five years over there then, and so, um. I was I got a job in a gym and so I moved up to Tulsa. But when you're in a gym, you need to you need to get a clientele really. But I was quite shy, as in I was I wasn't shy when it came to like chatting or whatever. But if if I knew that I was trying to sell something, I'm just not a good yeah. salesman. So I, I hate I hate trying to get money from from somebody. Yeah, you know? of course, yeah. That and that was that was my thing there. So I wasn't good at at that at that. Uh, because I didn't have a didn't have a clientele at the time, so that was that was the way that worked. I mean, um, thinking of coming that, home, Oshin, I mean, did, was I there no other option maybe to but to come home? The thing is, I had twenty twenty. I was I only had about twenty two euros or dollars in my account. Now I could have sent sent home to my mom and dad, but you know, like I as I told you, I got thrown out of school the first time, yeah. And so they they now thought I was onto a um, onto well, a winner, yeah. you know. And I didn't want to let anybody down. And oh, of course, no, there would have been no no problem at all. They would have sent me over money to get home, of course, you know. Yeah. But uh, they just, uh, I was just, oh, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to let myself down oh, and course, tell them yeah. that I'd, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble here, you know. And sure, at that stage, I'm, I'm, I'm almost, almost thirty years old, you know. That's crazy. So, so yeah. we haven't even got into the boxing. So nearly no, no. thirty. Talk to us about then. Yeah. How did it come about? You got into the professional boxing game. So then. So one night I was I was in the back of my car and I was cold and I was had a bit of a weep and I was going what's gonna happen to me now you know I was so uh, I was distraught I just gave uh, one of my Jamaican pals a a, a buzz and uh, Alcino and he he, uh, he says you know remember we used to do a little bit of sparring for extra training I was going yeah he says maybe you could go down and go down to a boxing club and and see how you fare out like maybe you can get a few quid that way it's going. Okay, because he said that one of his one of his um best or one of his pals in Jamaica was a was a professional boxer, and he says you're just and you're just as good as he was, or if mm-hmm. if not better, you know. So that, so it gave you a little bit of confidence, even though it was just messing, like you know. Yeah. So I just went down to a boxing club, uh, and a fella called um books book Smith, who was a who was a who was a re- really competent fighter in the end. He fought. He fought Julius is a Chavez. Yeah, I think he's most most famous famous for Mark fought Mark Breland. Uh, Mark Breland fought um uh, Margarita. Um he was most famous for having a hundred I think he was unbeaten in 156 fights. And then he had and overall he, he won about 180 and he lost 25 or something like that. Something Some record. crazy numbers. Yeah. yeah. So I remember him telling me that he didn't even train. He he just fought and that was his training. That you was know? his training. <laughs> he was under he was under Pat O'Grady. You remember Sean O'Grady's yes, yes. father. Mm-hmm. So Sean and, and Book used to do the circuit together and they'd fight anybody like uh like the high 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 uh, high class fighters such as the Margaritos and the and the Chavezes and 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 street fighters as well, you know. Yeah. So it was a, a little mix between them all, but they built up huge records because of it. So, uh, obviously your man Paolo Grady knew his knew his shit, you know. Anyway, so uh, I went down to him. I said, "Listen, I want to. I'm in a bit of trouble here, and I'll fight any man you have if you can give me a few quid." 
And he's going, oh, okay. And I thought at the start, he was a bit of a, one of these Don King car- kind of characters. Oh, yeah, I'll get you a fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm here going, shit. Okay, yeah. Well, I says, this is not a fight anybody is fine. And he, he said, yeah, he got me up against a fellow who was also starting his his, uh, his pro career. But he had a, a good few amateur fights beforehand. And I knew him from the gym as well. So this was a new promotion that book was putting up, uh, that book was putting putting out and this was his his first show that he was putting out so he was trying to get all the fighters that he kind of knew on the show and see who kind of rose to the top you know and myself and Sheldon fought and uh, he was a tall rangy lad he looked like probably had the dimensions of say a Tommy Hearn so he, he was t- really really tall skinny dude but wiry you know and yeah. strong and just kept me at the end of his jab all, all day I was I'm tiny you know so uh so about uh, got into the into the fourth round and it was even even enough, but he couldn't like he was he was beating me because of his because of boxing skills, mm-hmm. but he couldn't understand why I kept on coming up for him. And I was I was really really fit as well. I was fit and tough, and that that's been my 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 mantra all the way through, you know. And he couldn't understand that I kept on coming back, and I hit him with a big overhand. It was real sloppy, but I hit him with overhand right, and I saw his legs buckle, and I just kept on punching, punching, punching. <laughs> yeah. The ref came in and stopped the fight, so that was the, that was my first win. And I mean, um, like uh, you don't need to go into specifics, but money-wise, obviously you're just on these wee small cards. Were you just oh, well, trying I, to, to get a couple of hundred oh, yeah, dollars? I, or whatever? I tell you exactly how much I got. Right? Two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars from my first fight, you know, and that apparently was was good. Yeah, <laughs> right. So two hundred dollars, it wasn't obviously going to get me home or anything like that. But as I walked out of the ring, uh, I went down. Some some of me me old school school. Uh, 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 t- uh, mates had, had come out to, to watch me, and uh, I was getting getting a shower. And as I was walking back, uh, a principal of a school called uh, called Phil Cunningham, who was a uh, was the uncle of one of my one of my my uh, girlfriends at the time, right? And he says, you know, what she says, I wasn't sure that you were that you were gonna uh when you got your you get your degree or not and uh he says but one of our one of our, our teachers left in our notice there um uh, a few weeks ago would you come in for it for maybe a start in in uh in in, in august you know and i says uh seriously so in the space of space of a few minutes like i had a a job a job as a, a teacher by day and a fighter by night brilliant is where we're Mexican kids, so they love me for the football and and the boxing, you know. And, and it was like PE teaching you were teaching physical education. Yeah, yeah, and English, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was wild the way, the way, the way it happened. Way things can work just out. Went, it just shows you, yeah, you you twenty odd dollars meant thinking. to be, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and I had to I have to say it was one of my favorite. Probably the best job I ever had was was teaching teaching those kids. I was stay there for another five years. And uh, teaching and fighting and uh, built up a good record when I was over there. Uh, but in my fifth or sixth fight, I fought Julio Cesar Chavez. Oh, in, no, uh, crazy. I couldn't believe when I looked over your record because, first of all, I right. looked at his weight and I was thinking, I mean, Chavez was known for being a big middleweight. In fact, there's been rumors that he didn't even make middleweight for some of his fights. And, you know, he was right. he had such weight problems. So the fact that he thought you had, was it lightweight? Yeah, he was lightweight. Crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was crazy. So that was, that was a, Obviously, the the high highlight of my my young career. Yeah, but that, was that at the MGM Grand as well? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you got, I yeah. mean, that, what an amazing stage to fight him on. I'm assuming was that early in like a big card? Yes, yeah, so the, the main event on the card was Eric Morales. Wow. So, yeah, so Eric Morales was fighting Jesus, uh, Jesus Chavez. Yes. That was the main event. Cotto uh, was on the fight, on the card as well. Um, and my favourite fighter of all time, uh, Emmanuel Augustus. Oh, he yes, yeah, he was a character, yeah. yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. That's some, yeah, that's some yeah. bill to say you were even on and what a stage. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. That so that was a that was a big highlight of my 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 novice career. Now, how did you and find then, Chavez uh, in the ring? Because you, you went on points, he didn't he didn't stop you, is that right? Uh yeah, I, I thought it'd be I thought it'd be what what lost me that fight was so I beat him the first couple of rounds, third round, I threw a silly uppercut from way outside and he tagged me with a right hand and my hand touched the ground. And that turned a 10-9 round to me to 10 right. out, 8 to him. And that's that's how it worked out. And I beat him again in the, in the fourth round. It was only a four-round fight because of, yeah. of the of our novice novice uh, profiles, you know. So uh he ended up winning it just about. But like Mex even even Mexican lads there were coming up to me and saying, oh, no, you won that fight, you know. Yeah, he obviously he, he came in with a lot of pressure with his dad being an humble, a legend. Still, so you know, early in his career, he'd have been expected to maybe blow people yeah. out of the water. What gives me great satisfaction when when I ever watch that fight again, uh, when they're about to, sh to uh, when they're about to call out the um the scores, as uh, the camera looks at, at Chavez Senior and he's he's looking at one of his friends across the way and he and he shakes his, shakes his shoulders like that, like that like that. I don't know if he's got yeah, it. So, right? so go. I don't know who's got it. So in in that sense, that was like a win a win for me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously what he went on to achieve winning world middleweight titles and stuff. I'm sure you know that that's aged even better, you know, as well, which is yeah, good. of course. Yeah, the better that your opponent does, the more the more it looks good on you, you know. Yeah, of course, yeah. 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 And the other thing that I want to talk to you about, um, you actually then won the Oklahoma State title, which might not yeah. people might not know much about that but you know i was looking um it was an amazing belt and stuff i've seen a really good clip it was called um cool, teacher yeah. by day there, there by night. Okay. yeah for anyone that anyone that can't see us there's a couple of beautiful belts over there the irish one we'll get to but yeah it's good what talk to us yeah. about that experience of winning that title when that was i'd i'd uh myself and book were coming to an end of, of our, our uh of our uh agreement uh he he used to he dealt with this uh this bit of a scumbag of a of a uh, of a matchmaker and uh the matchmaker was always trying to get me beat by by somebody and uh he uh he just I don't know he just took a t an awful dislike to me. I don't don't know why. Um but anyway, so I, I, I wasn't I wasn't happy and I was going, uh oh, listen, book I says I don't Want you to get me a, a big fight, another big fight, you know? He says, well, you're fighting for this for this Oklahoma title there uh, quite soon, like in a few weeks' time. I was going, yeah, but I was really thinking. What I was thinking to myself was that a proper promoter, like I had, I had about like, how many fights did I have? What what by the time I won the Oklahoma, I think about. I think, um, I think it was about nine or ten if I'm, I'm from right. Ten. So. So, but my, my record would have been about six and two or six mm. and three or something like that, right? So, so as a promoter, book should have been getting me ten and all without without yeah. any any hassle, you know. But he was going for the quick quick money, quick, you know, like with the Chavez and all that, of course, yeah. and that was fine because that was such a great experience and all that. But like you should have been looking at, looking at, into getting um. Uh, get me a ten and oh or twelve and oh or whatever. Even nowadays, I think it's twenty and oh. You know, no, no. Before you, before you, before you even looked at. 
but uh, it didn't matter to me because I was just in there for the experience or whatever, you know, and uh, I was learning on the way. So that was that was it. That was the the main thing. But uh, so I ended up. Uh, our book says to me, he says, right, we got this one against uh, against Lee Cargill. He says, now he's really really experienced. And he was 14 and all before he lost the fight. And now now he's something like, but he had oh, hundreds of fights, like 150 fights or something like that. Now he lost most of them, but still, still he was he was confident, yeah, was you know. Fair. He knew what he was doing, knew knew how to fight, you know what I mean? Yes. And in, in there, I, I end up, uh, so my, I was teaching at the time and all my kids came to watch me fight. And so the, it was a great night in because all the kids were there and uh, and all my teacher friends and then uh, college college old college friends and all that so it was a packed packed place over home it was full of green like it was mad yeah all the all the tricolors were were flying you know um so we ended up fighting Lee uh Lee Cargill and he uh and he put it on me for the first first few but it was just, it felt stronger than him in the clinch it wasn't a particularly exciting fight uh because he kind of spoiled a lot you know he held on an awful lot and in that sense it wasn't it wasn't a, a big highlight except for the fact that he actually got that got that belt and it was a it was a good win you know um and at least i had something to show for all my all my training you know exactly that i had that i had that uh that, that i got that belt so that was, and it, that also, was it also seemed to the like the local press and stuff because there's some really good clips on youtube i was actually just watching them this morning you know before we did this and it was like sort of, I would say it was like a nice little sort of like a wee series of interviews and features. And it was like teacher by day, fighter by night. And it showed you the right, press yeah, yeah. behind you. So I suppose that would have given you confidence. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that, that was, that was, they were, that was a great time. Uh, yeah, News Channel 4 and News uh, Channel 9 used to do, they were the local news channels in, in Oklahoma. And they used to do little features on the fighting school teacher, you know. Yeah. And it gave me a bit of a profile and uh um, Doug Warner, who I think is left Oklahoma now, but he uh, he used to come and he he was one of my one of the guys who I, I would have known from the TV, and he come in and he do my do interviews with me and stuff like that. So that's uh, he, he was a good guy, and uh, oft, often came in and if I had a a title fight, he'd come in to to ask me about it and that kind of stuff. So that, that was that was pretty cool, you know. Yeah. And then after, I mean, after that, you won that Oklahoma uh, state title. You went on a great run. I was looking; it was like, like I think ten or eleven fights in a row you won. You know, and you were very active because I suppose you were maybe thirty-two at this stage. There's no, you can't be yeah. mucking about if you want to do anything. So was that something you were trying to do, stay as active as possible? I, I, I. So myself and uh, Book had dissolved our, um, our, uh, our, our contract, and I and Stacy Goodson came in from Arkansas. And he he took took me under his wing. He says, uh, I, I can promote you really, really well and all that. So end up getting, yes, ten or eleven fights in a row. Um had some good wins in, 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 in that little space of time. And that then people started to started to take notice of me then, you yeah. know. I used to spar against uh, the likes of Carson Jones, you know, uh yeah. Carson, who fought, he fought Kelbrook, Kel, didn't he? Kelbrook, yeah. And uh, so me and Carson go out in the piss in in the in, on the on the Friday and then spar spar twelve rounds and the oh following God, the last following thing you Saturday. want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we used to have some great great little spars I have to say me and Carson yeah um but uh so uh, so after that um 
we uh, what was the next? I think the Irish the tie, because I think when I was looking at the record after you've won a lot of those, um, like say nine or ten wins on the bounce, you then seem to come back home, um, and you get that Irish title shot at the national stadium. Right. Was that something you really wanted, especially someone who never boxed amateur to win an Irish title for any Irishman? You know, was that yeah, something you really yeah. wanted to do? Uh, big time, big time. Like I, I, I knew. I knew that if uh, see none and and some of the lads <laughs> over back home who I would be in touch with on email and all are just thinking that I'm 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 uh, I'm bullshitting about it. I'm now a professional <laughs> boxer when they I'm a really famous boxer a in America as, as a football as a footballer yeah it's gonna look show you yeah <laughs> and so uh, Brian Peters in fairness to him he he sent me uh he sent me a message and he said um that uh. He wanted me to come over. I think it was about two thousand five, and I I sparred. Uh, I fought against uh, a guy called Richie Shifo, who was actually a roommate of mine at one stage. And uh, but me and me and him were getting touchy because he used to come down to the gym, and and I'd hear that that he was he was saying that he beat me up and all this kind of shit. Oh, I was right. like, no way, Richie. I said, put your money where your mouth is, and ended up coming over and flying over from Oklahoma. The two of us did, and they uh. He pulled us in the ring and knocked him out in something like a minute and a half or something, right? Right. So he had to eat an awful lot of humble pie. Oh, you know? sure. <laughs> so that was the first time I I'd, I'd fought back home, uh, and then then the, the next one was was the uh, was was for the Irish title. It was supposed to be against Peter McDonough, and you know remember Peter who uh, who who stopped um it was Michael, Michael Gomez. Gomez and it was Gomez very 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 controversial sort of look it was weird dodgy, wasn't it yeah do you know what it seemed it seemed like to me it seemed like it seemed like Gomez just him being as aggressive as he normally was just expected to come in and just wipe the floor with Peter and yeah. didn't understand that Peter was that tough that he'd, right, he'd stay yeah. there take the shots and that's that's what happened and, and then Gomez or I think Peter hit him a, a shot that wouldn't have normally put down Gomez but he put him down I think and he got back up and he just walked out of the ring it was just it was a strange bizarre Steve Collins afterwards sort of, I think he said I smell a rat and there was a wee bit of people wondered you know Having bet on yeah. himself to lose, obviously nothing was ever proven. And you know, McDonough went on to I think he won a couple of Irish titles, and uh, you know, he was a tough man, so yeah. fair play to him. But yeah, uh, so that's yeah, who you originally could have fought. That's who I was originally fighting, and then I uh, I heard I and I was teaching school one day, and I was I was uh, in Jeremy break, I was looking at the Irish news, and I see uh. Uh, McDonough pulls out of the Fagan Fagan title fight. I was going, oh, what's going on? So I rushed to get hold of Brian Peters. He says, uh, "No, listen, don't worry about. It. We'll, we'll we'll sort it. We'll 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 get somebody in." I was going, but there's there's two weeks to go. Like I, yeah. I won't be able to ch- check him out or see his see his style or anything like that. He says, "Do you want to fight or not?" I says, "Yeah, of course I do." So that was the way it worked. But uh, Peter said that he. Hurt his knee or something like that. So that was a bit of a slagging thing between me and Peter. And I was like, yeah. yeah, when you when your knee gets better, we might have might have a, a fight, you know. Yeah. So uh ended up getting uh Jeff Thomas in from Lidham uh in in uh in Brighton and uh he had an he he got a he was an Irish man through yeah, through parentage or something like that, yeah. And uh, yeah, and tell you what, he, he was a really good boxer, really good boxer. Um and he was fit and uh he, he and any time I I so I, I think uh first two or three rounds I'd say things were even enough 
uh, fourth round I started coming on. I was just much fitter than him, and I was I was tougher. And I just uh, I remember at the end of the fourth round I said I have him now. Fifth round I put him down with a body shot, and he came running back out after me and and throwing everything everything at me. And I just I was just biding me time, and then I come back again, you know. And then in the seventh round. Uh, hit my big right hand and a left hook and he was up against the ropes and kind of I just kept on throwing punches and hoping the referee come in and stop the fight which he did yeah. so that was the, that was how I won my Irish title in the seventh round was that, was that when you look back now in the career was that one of the big highlights especially the National that's, Stadium that, too that's my favourite that was my favourite yeah. night of my whole career yeah not, and not only because of, well obviously because of, because it was the Irish title however afterwards um, I went down to so we all decided that we were going out my, pal, my trainer at the time is a, a, a guy from Oklahoma called Steve Thomason, and he had previously been um, a, a world class referee, and he he uh, uh, refereed uh, George Foreman back in the day, and some of the big big guys, you know. Mm-hmm. So he was real larger than life uh, character as well, and so after I won that, after I won that fight, he bounced me around the ring and like just uh, everyone put me up on the shoulders and I was, it was it was a great time now just thinking back. But we all went out to um went down to a uh down to a club in 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 Tala then um we were all staying in Tala so the bus brought us back and uh went down to a, one of the the local clubs in in Tala. And as I got to the, as I got to the top of the top of the line, they said, "No, not tonight, son." We're going what? I said, oh, "Come on!" And Andy O'Neill, you know, so he was he was there, and he and and he kind of says, "Man, this this fellow's just after winning an Irish title. You won't let him into your shitty club, you know." Yeah. He gave him a bit of a push and all, and he said, "I says, don't worry about it, Andy." I says, "Next," and about thirty or forty people followed me, and so we we saw your man getting berated by one of his by one of his superiors then on the on the way out. That's right. We went to a, we ended up we ended up going to going back to the hotel, and my parents were there, and and Jim Rock and a few few of those guys were there, and uh, and we had a big sing song. The, the sing song didn't stop till about six or seven in the morning. It was uh, just had the the best of times, great time it was. Oh, no, that's amazing. Yeah. Especially, you know, you talk about starting the careers like thinking just uh, a couple of hundred dollars here and there, but to win an Irish title, it, it takes some going, especially with no amateur background. So that was a great achievement. And looking at the career, that seemed to then, I suppose, back in America, then you went back and I think a couple of fights later, you you went uh, 12 rounds or sorry, yeah, with um, or 10 rounds, sorry, with Paul Spadafora, um, yeah. who for anyone that doesn't know at the time, his record, he was a former world champion. He was 39 wins one draw so he's undefeated in 40 fights so talk about a step up from Irish level to that and obviously we'll talk about it now you lost on a split decision uh, in a terrific performance no. yeah I'd, I'd um I was really confident like my confidence was just growing all the time and I was becoming an actually actually quite a good fighter like uh now I always say that I was always a, always a good fighter because I was tough and fit yeah but it was actually beginning to, and then I, ha- I got myself another trainer because uh, Steve was um Steve had other uh, other things to do and uh, Eddie Autry uh, became a trainer and he was very technical Steve Steve used to used to uh, work on my hook and roll style and uh, that up until that part time time in my career excuse me um 
up until that time in my career, that's that's what worked for me because it was rough and ready and it was I'm just hooking and rolling and just yeah. getting stuck in. And that and Steve played his part for for that that part of my career. Then Eddie came in and Eddie just be up on the world card world card and he's 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 trained uh trained some good good lads up in the world card. And uh so he took a chance on me and then we got this fight with Spadafora and we we trained really really hard with uh, uh myself and Eddie and he had a, a great game plan about like staying staying away from Spadafora because he's a southpaw you know mm-hmm. staying away from his from his uh, power and and uh, throwing the left hooks digging the left hooks to the body I'm gonna, I can I can hear him here dig that left hook to the body yeah. and follow up with that backhand right so that's how I was doing all the way along so I I don't think I lost the first four rounds at all so that. Already on four four nil up, fifth I think was a little bit uh, uh controversial. May have gone either way. Six to seven I think he he uh, he beat me, and then in the eighth he lost a point. So I don't understand why he beat why he beats me on points because yeah. I'm four five two up, you know, and with a another three to go. You couldn't have even got a draw as far as I was concerned. But anyway, and you they, came on. You were coming on strong. I watched some of the highlights, and you know the last round yeah. you're pushing it. You're constantly. You know, going to him and yeah. stuff as well. But I suppose he's the former world champion. If it's going to be tight, you know, as you've maybe found out, it's went in his way. Yeah, but again, the losing a split yeah. decision to a former world champion, you yeah. know, someone. But you know, you know, like it, like I appreciate what you say, and the, but I always wanted one of those signature wins, and yeah. I never got the signature win. I always have very very close against huge big big names, you know, yeah. like the Chavez fight very close. Uh, the Spider Four very close to Kimbrough fight that was that was touching going. He was a he was the number one amateur in the in the uh, in America at, at the time, and he, he was a professional and trying to do things in professional. He was a USBA champion. That's right. That was, a few, that was a few fights after that one. Yeah, that was a tw- I think it was a yeah yeah a, few, a couple of fights after that. That was went twelve rounds and uh, but that was a split decision with Kimbrough. Uh, but apparently he went to the he went to the hospital pissing blood and I went out in the piss like right. <laughs> so yeah. like so that like it just to me I just thought that that, that was another one that could, any of those fights can change your life you know course, and because yeah, then you win that, that next you're that fighting much. possibly for a world title if you win one of those you know what I mean so as you say exactly. it's great exactly. that you, have, you know you push them close but it would have been lovely to have that one signature win there you know oh yeah we signature win yeah it just evaded me you know but that's that's the way that's and it. then and then when you think back then sure sure you say to yourself sure it wasn't a box in the first place so no i mean it's still okay in the it's end. amazing absolutely amazing and we're yeah. still we're still yeah. got a part of the career to go here but what i want to talk to you about now is when did you decide then to come back to ireland and leave america um you know it was around 2008 when i'm looking here just before the can fight i think it was 2009 uh, or was it Cannes in two thousand eight? Um, I think it was two thousand and eight. Yeah. Um, I could then, be wrong. That's that's what it says on box rack anyway. <laughs> well, we saw, box rack. Yeah, I t- yeah, I think it was about about that. All right. Um, so two thousand eight. Yeah, because ni- in ninety eight is when I started college and I was there for ten years exactly. So it would have been that. I uh, I had uh, so I just fin- I finished school with school and I I heard then. Uh, but I, I'd already taken that w- one year of uh, or I'd got four, four, four more, five more years on the on the visa. 
So I was mm-hmm. able to stay over. And that's that was the reason I was teaching in the school. So with 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 my teaching stuff, I was able to go over time. And I just basically said, okay, 10 years seems like a, a round number. I says, I think I'll go home after after 10 years. And that and uh that's the way it went. So I ended up coming home and uh Brian Peters got me that fight with the with um Khan and uh I ended up going up to Belfast for for a while. Uh and your 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 uncle Eamon yeah. uh and uh John Breen, they were they were kind of my trainers up there. But like it, was, it didn't it was it was grand going, but like me being from, from Dublin I would have had to make make my way up all the time. Yeah. Uh good guy called um called John John Jones that I, I know was was a childhood friend down here and he moved to Belfast. So um he says, well, come up here. I, I know a pal who said he'd put you up and a fellow called Paul Russell, really good guy, says that he'd put me up for the for my training camps and stuff like that. So that's 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 basically what I did. Uh, shout out to Paul, good guy. Uh let me let me stay in his house. Uh and uh ended ended up uh training with with, with Eamon and with, with John Breen. It was a good it was really a really good gym there, not the actual physical building. Yeah. It was a real wee sweat box, wasn't it? Above the Monaco <laughs> yeah, bar. Yeah. But it was I a really good stable of fighters. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, really good fighters and really good gym and uh like the likes of Neil Sinclair was there, Jim Rock was up, uh uh, Doody McCluskey, yeah, he uh, Stephen Hohian, but uh, yeah, a, a big stable of really, really good fighters. Like, yeah, yeah, that was that was a great, great time as well. But and how did the Khan fight um, come about? I, I mean, Khan had just lost to Prescott, he had just been knocked out, is yeah. that right? So, you were going to be the fight afterwards, um, for him to have his comeback, and it was going to be on a big like, sky yeah. card. It was on the sky card, but which is to my to my to my is. Uh, it was probably the worst night of my whole life, like I like, like on my sporting career because yeah. it was, everybody was watching the fight. Everybody expect I expected to do well in the fight, um, and then in the first round I came out all guns bla- blazing. It was a good first couple of minutes, and then he hit me with a short right, and I went over my ankle and I and I broke my leg. I only found out a couple of days later that my leg got, was broken. It's amazing but, uh, you were able but, to fight on with that. I mean, that's crazy. I know, I know. Yeah, true. But like, the thing, the thing about me is just uh, uh, that particularly tough and I'm particularly fit. So that was always my. But when when I heard the crack, I was going, "Oh no, there's only one. There's only one uh, way this is going now." And that must be a horrible feeling because you're almost uh, yeah, you, you know worst. at that point because like every, this, but... everybody yeah everybody came over to watch. It, uh, it was in the XL Arena in in London. Everybody who I knew as a child, like lads who I knew 30 and 35 years, uh, yeah. like came over to watch. And then for the first round, and you had to break your leg in boxing, in a boxing match. Oh, but also, well, I think you've got, you've caught Khan on a really good night where he's obviously, he's half, he has to prove himself after he that defeat. To perform. And he's like the fast hands. He always did. I, I think to say, I've never, never been in him. I fought a few world champions, but he was the quickest thing I've ever seen. He's so so fast, so fast. And and to be fair, a good guy. Uh, me and him had no cross wars or anything like that. Oh. But uh, he was he was he was nice to me. So I I always thought he was okay. Um, but uh, yeah, that that whole that whole night is is a horrible night for me. Just yeah. thinking back at it now. 
But listen, no, no disgrace in losing to such an amazing, an amazing fighter, another world champion. You know what I mean? It could, but if if you break your leg, it doesn't matter who you're fighting. You're, you don't really yeah, have much chance. I got up, got up three or four times with the broken leg, and then, then uh, Mickey, Mickey Van, uh, the the referee, the world class referee, knew that I don't go down. You know, and he yeah. just knew there was just something wrong. And so the the last time I went down, I was trying to get back up again, and he jumped on me. And he probably made me be like fucking worse. Oh, right. Not <laughs> of course, he didn't realize at the time. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst thing about that, that then I had to get out of the ring. I I was walking around on a broken leg like for a couple of days in London with big bags on my back. You know what I mean? Like, so I was, I was not real. Agony. It was agony. Yeah. And then when I got home, then I, I, uh, I got sorted out and they said, yeah, you've got a spiral break in the ankle about four inches over your over your ankle so it was actually in the in the fibula you know so that was, was a horrible night but you know yeah. but listen I was looking story. you bounced back and you I think you won another three fights so you still that didn't stop you you know you were 35 at this stage but it was it was a demise it, was it, it? that was the start of the, of the downfall you know yeah. uh, not that anything changed anything changed nothing changed in my mind because I was still de- determined every, every fight every fight I went into I'd be determined and I'd be doing the same stuff as I normally would, but um, just that uh, it's, it still gets me that the the calm fight. Like if anybody uh, mentions that, I was going, oh, you know, it's just a it's just a, a hard night. So I, I just knew that things didn't didn't feel the same for me when uh like after the calm fight. So I knew it's and then my record started going down. So I, I think I'd won about twenty two or twenty three. And then and had about six or seven losses then at that stage, and then they kept yeah. on going closer and closer. Okay. So, and I think you I had a with... really good. I mean, I watched again. I was flicking through yesterday the um Eddie Highland fight, which was a twelve round fight for the IBF Intercontinental title. Obviously, two Irishmen, but I mean, geez, you put up some fight there. You know what I mean? That was, and he even said afterwards, you were so tough. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a great old fight. Now I have to say, yeah, Eddie's a good guy. Um, that was on Eddie Eddie's dad's card. His That's his right. his dad put the put the card, Paddy put the put the card on, and uh, that was that was a great old scrap. Uh, uh really proud of for Eddie on, on that on that night. Yeah, it was great. But again, um, it's another points defeat. Where yes, there's a lot. Yeah, I know. I can understand the frustration. You think if yeah. I just won one of one of those, yeah. do you know what I mean? Because you're putting up such good performances, but not getting over the line. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's that there. That's exactly described, yeah. Yeah. And so those last uh, few years of the career, then obviously, when I was looking at it as well, I think um, you obviously, I think you fought was it um Andrew Murray as well for the Irish title, but then you seemed to take like a a couple of years break, and then you came back yeah. in two thousand thirteen fourteen. Was that just one last go at it? But really, you were yeah, coming near forty. Yeah, I suppose at that stage. The, the, the thing, the thing was that I, I got, I got a job, uh, soon after, well, a year after I came home for good, at, in the IABA, so Irish, the Irish Amateur Boxing Association, um, I'm still in the job now. Um, the yeah. uh, we go to schools and we, uh, myself and Michael Carruth, um, Ed Griffin and uh, Paul Quinn, we uh, got go around different schools in disadvantaged areas in Dublin and we basically teach them how to box and uh, we've we're after like Miss or Paul used to uh used to coach uh an up and comer now uh Pierce O'Leary. You heard mm-hmm. of Pierce? Yeah yeah yeah. Have, yeah. Uh, yeah so so 
there's lo- loads of loads of kids who've gone through our program at the start and now are, are becoming household names. Like that's so it's great, it's great to see, great you know. To see that. Yeah, yeah. And like of course, nothing like that back in my day, uh when, when I was going to school or anything like that, you know, but uh, that would that might have might have brought on an awful lot of, of, of uh other good nights, you know, with 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 various fighters. Um but now that the, now that that we've got boxing in schools, it just gives the kids just another option, you know. It does. No, it's a fantastic thing. We don't have it up here up north. I don't think we really have that in schools. Obviously, there's a lot of clubs and stuff up here. But I think I don't know. I'm a teacher myself. I teach in a secondary right. school. But yeah. I I think having a little bit of boxing. Listen, you don't have to compete. You don't even have to spar. Well, exactly. But just knowing yeah, how like, to throw punches, the discipline, the training. Exactly. You know, it it's, is. It's a all great about thing. the discipline, isn't it? And and what we what we do is like we have a gold, silver, and bronze program. And in the in the bronze, it's just like footwork and keeping your hands up and throwing sh- straight punches basically yeah. and then only in the silver which is four weeks later is then when we, we say get a gum shield in and we do some body sparring and that's for another four weeks and then only the ones who are who are comfortable and who show a little bit of promise go to the gold and we usually bring them to the national stadium the the the, uh, right the training facility in the stadium and that's we get brilliant. them to train in there and then we have one night of a showcase final where we match them all really equally and they're they're put in against each other and it, they they actually fight in that in that same ring that I won my Irish title in that sounds Karu amazing that's, 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 that's like, you know? how many yeah. years have you been doing that now then Oshin? He's 12 or 13 now really? Yeah. That's, that's great yeah. so it, it just yeah. shows you know at least because most boxers unfortunately when they leave boxing they don't have anything, you know, money wise. No. There's no pension. No, no, no. Um, but it's great that you've stepped into them. There, you can give back yeah. to you know the youth, but you've still yeah. got that wee buzz. I'm sure of going to the gyms and yeah. you know doing that. It is. Uh, I do a bit of training with them as well. Not not that like so. If if I if I have a, a, a class full of kids, I'd be running around with them as well. So I want to keep I'm keeping fit all the time. I, I train yeah. every day anyway. But that's just a little bit extra for me, you know. So it's I'd be I'd be happy with it, and I think the kids really enjoy it more was when you're actually involved hands-on do you know what I mean so, oh yeah you, yeah you can tell someone what to do but if you can show yeah. them it makes a massive difference doesn't exactly, it exactly you know? exactly yeah, yeah 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 no but so in general life's good at the moment then you know um post-career yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're, you're you're content yeah i hope you know yeah that's good listen i had, had a good had a good career um and now that i'm still involved in boxing as the sport that saved my life I'm I'm delighted to, to pass it down to from generation to generation, you know. No, brilliant. Right. And long may that can continue. And you know, I just want to say yeah. thanks so much for giving me your time. Know, you were one of the people I wanted to speak to because it was just such a different story. I'd heard it in yeah. other, you know, I'd read stuff and I'd listened to other podcasts, but it's just brilliant for my listeners to, you know, because as I say, usually I'm saying, right, what did you win as an amateur? And then there's a set, you know, <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah, that yeah. structure. Yours is completely yeah. different, but you've came out and achieved some great things, Oshin. So big, my hat goes off to you. Big respect to you. Thank you very much. Cheers, James. Oh, no, no problem. And listen, I'll, I'll get this put together and I'll send it on to you and, you know, you can get it shared yeah, out there okay. with your followers and friends and it'd be great for everyone to hear the story. Will do. Definitely. All right, man. All, right. all the best. Have a good day. Thanks very much. Thanks, Pat. All right, everyone. So there you have it. That's the podcast with um Oshin Fagan wrapped up. Um, yeah, fantastic to speak to him. Uh, to hear about that story. Uh, so different, as I say, to any other boxer that um I've ever spoken to or even know about. Um, and uh, yeah, I suppose when you look at um starting boxing at thirty years of age to go on to achieve and fight 
uh, some of the fighters that he did. He's uh, he's done amazing, and it's great to hear that he's still involved in the sport. Um, you know, as I say, and giving back, and you know, yeah, good luck, um, and uh, fantastic to speak to him. So yeah, uh, guys, going forward, we'll maybe try and get another few podcasts out. Obviously, um, yeah, we'll just sort of see where who's available and when I can fit it in, and uh, yeah, just keep listening and uh, keep sharing it. Um, you know, far and wide. Until next time, guys, all the best.